Do you have the business you want, or is it driving you crazy? A recent survey said 70% of business owners are dissatisfied with some aspect of their business. That's why we created Driving Biz, the number one source of business information. We have the leading experts from around the world as guests each week. So enjoy and love your business. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is Mark Spencer Cook, who's a successful executive and New York Times best-selling author. And that really is a skill because to get on the New York Times list is a very difficult thing. Now, he helps leaders thrive or get unstuck, which is a very important thing as well. Because, you know, one of the biggest things in leadership in these days is leading and being a servant leader and all these things that are so difficult for being a serve, a, a leader in years gone past. He believes everyone is a leader of work, households, PTA groups, teams, and of course, large corporations. And to excel, leaders need a clear path forward with proven steps and problem solving. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Wow, that was great. I don't know where you got all that, but I recognize it. I've written it some at some point, but you pulled it out of the corners. It was terrific. Well, you know, I think the number one thing in this world has to be enthusiasm, no matter <laughs> If you're a basketball player, a hockey player, a mom, a dad, a leader of a PTA group, enthusiasm has to rate up there at the top, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's near the top for sure. You just have to transmit things with each other. Like nothing in life really that's amazing or grand happens all by yourself. You know, you have to involve other people. And if you're going to transmit messages and communications and direction, you have to be alive. So enthusiasm right near the top for sure. Okay. So how did you get on this concept of leadership? What made you study it? Oh, wow. Well, you know, I when I was very young, it was probably born in my first job. Unfortunately, when I was young, my father passed away. My mom thought it would be a very good thing for me to go in the workforce in a grocery store. So I went in a grocery store, was trained as a bagger at, at 15, not even 16. And my good friend Dave now, didn't know him at the time, trained me. The first week arrives, prime time, Saturday. And in this store, we were told to take the groceries out no matter what, unless the person stopped you. You didn't ask. So I went to the check stand. I put the Pepsi bottles on the bottom of the cart. I bagged the best I'd been trained. And I follow Mrs. Sheen out. Mrs. Sheen goes to the slightly uh, elevated parking lot. I hit a seam. The Pepsi bottles just spill everywhere. <laughs> and they just break like fireworks right in the middle of traffic. And everyone... <laughs> is watching. And I had no clue. I'm just a 15 year old in entering the workforce. I pull out a 20. I sprint back, just leave everything there, hand it to the manager thinking I'm going to get fired. He says, no, no, get out there and clean it up. So you know, I get through that. I survive that. The second week comes, 
here she comes again. I kind of wonder if I should, I go apologize. I take the high road. But she was in a hurry. So she's racing out. I try to keep up. The short version is I bury the cart in her Achilles tendon. <laughs> and she falls on the ground. So the third, I survived that. The third week comes. I'm determined to win. I'm determined to get this right because I'd been doing poorly. So there she is. She comes in. I cower. I go away. The intercom sounds. Mr. Brown says, hey, Mark Cook, check stand two. Mark Cook, check stand two. I'm forced to go see me. Hi, Mrs. Sheen. How are you? Talk to her. And uh, I did a pretty good job. I got out to the car. You know, you pack it in the corner. All the bags are in the corner. You put things around it. And in victory, I threw the hatchback down only to bury the corner of it in her head and knock her down. And uh, it's it was so terrible. But when I walked in, this Dave guy that trained me, after I got the tongue lashing from the professional manager, pulls me in the back room. He says, look, Mark, I've been watching you. All those Pepsi bottles have done that to us. We've run into people with the cards. I haven't ever thrown the hatchback into someone's head. But I got to tell you, I've been watching you, and you are amazing with the other parents. You're going to make it. In fact, I predict that you will be promoted. Sure enough, after a lot of hard work and a few months, I got promoted to the esteemed camera. And I think early on, that contrast between the two professional managers that were very dictatorial and harsh versus the encouraging Dave and the instructive Dave gave me a fascination about leadership. I ended up working for Stephen R. Covey and Stephen M. R. Covey, both of them, just love them, left them, went to Ray Nor, the billionaire that helped invent the network. Uh, I've had tremendous leaders and it's just created a passion and an awareness of what a great leader can be. And uh, I love those managers. I think you would probably say the same thing over your entire life. You have some managers and you see them, you hug them. Others, you don't when you see them later in life. So leadership has become a fascination for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, it's become a big term and a big business right now because uh, there is so much needed out of leaders in this century and on. I mean, COVID has shown us how important leadership is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's a, you're right. It's a universal term that can mean anything. In fact, it's kind of become a synonym for just training. And I don't even do training. I speak, I do coaching, I do consulting. I don't, I don't really just teach people so that they can forget things. So I, uh, it's an interesting word. And when I first had the opportunity to study it, um, I took, I took jobs for much less pay where I could be an executive and it required some research in the new market opportunities that we had. And uh, in a couple of instances, I've done that. And uh, I just, I got the bug early in life and through a couple of big life experiences and also working for those great leadership leaders. I just think it's such an important thing and it should not become a cliche. It should become something, as you mentioned in the intro, should be something that you orchestrate. It's not about you. It's about the path. It's about where we are today, where we want to get tomorrow as a group. 
And it's about the path. It's about the purpose of the path. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about the everyone. It's about what we can do for those people we call customers, clients. It's about them. They're the protagonists, not us. We're just the guide that gets them there. So it's about the path and where we're taking them. It's not about me. And that's what leadership should be is those steps and the path. And this is the journey that you're helping leaders to go on. You're helping them to get on a better path for their companies, yes. correct? Yes. Yeah. You know, you, you think about the, your listeners will recognize this. You're you're before you're the leader. You're working as an employee, and you, the leaders go off on a golf trip, and they argue about English words, and they come back with a mission statement. <laughs> And that means everything to them and nothing to you as the employee, really. It's just a nice marketing statement. And uh, there are some opportunities missed with what missions really are. Uh, the same is true for the word vision. You know, business loves to hijack these super valuable, important, even sacred words. They take vision, like I've got vision and we're going to create a vision board. A vision is something you see. It's a place. It's a destination where you're taking those customers. It's a better state. It's got some tremendous qualities that if you go back to the original meaning of just the word vision and you use it properly, it progresses and compels teams. But if you just like use these words as though you're checking boxes, your your people actually won't produce because of these things, these steps on the path. So it's an important uh, it's an important set of activities to have these interactions with people, as you mentioned in the beginning, transmit a passion and enthusiasm for what we're pursuing with our customers and and be specific about it and accomplish things each step. Don't just make statements. Don't just put them all in one bucket as though purpose, vision, mission, goals, targets, they're all the same. They're not. They're not the same at all. So, so how does problem solving fit in all that? Ah, uh, <laughs> well, the most innate thing that any of us do as a human being or almost any organism, we wake up and we target something. Might be our toothbrush and go pursue it. Hopefully it is. And then during the day, a hundred thousand sometimes other things get targeted by us and we pursue them. And they might be physical things like the toothbrush, but they also might be conceptual because we as humans obviously have this amazing prefrontal cortex and this mind, its ability to project possibilities. We literally, without even knowing it in our subconscious, project different possibilities and picked, pick one of those to pursue. So the most innate thing that we have in our mind and in our body on this frame, it's it's a very cooperative frame. Not a lot of hair, doesn't keep us warm very easily, doesn't like cold water, but we're very good at cooperating and pursuing a path together. But what is inevitable? That's the most inevitable thing is the targeting and pursuing. The second most inevitable thing is that something gets in our way. In fact, this is the second thing that we notice subconsciously. We don't even know we're doing it, but we don't see chairs and desks that are in front of us. We just see things in our way. We don't look at them and examine the chair. We just say, oh, there's something in my way. And, and there's always something in our way. There's always something in our way, whether it's a conceptual or physical thing. Now in business, it's that place we're trying to take people 
in various times at various milestones. If it's an individual, it might be today. If I say, what's your purpose today? It's likely going to be an individual task or goal for the week. If I say, hey, what, what is your purpose as a team? It's going to most likely be a monthly, quarterly, semi-annually set of targets or priorities, and you're doing it with other people. If I say, hey, what's your, what's your purpose as an organization? It's likely going to be one to three years. If I say, what's your vision? It's going to be the organization and even the ecosystem and the customers. It's going to be like five-ish years, five, give or take. So different timing, different scopes, and the path always has obstacles. So if you don't know how at each step to get out of trouble, so you have this path and you have obstacles ready, an, an obstacle breaking system next to you, you need to pull it out. And when you hit obstacles that are prior, really important obstacles, you know, there's always things that are negative that happen, but but big things that are in our way from our path that we've dictated, decided, chosen, we have to break them down fast. And so you have to have expert reasons and means and ways uh, to do that. Yeah, I've always found an obstacle is always beatable. You can go over it. You can go through it. You can go under it. You can go around it. There's always a solution for every obstacle in your path. Yeah. It's very true, Alan. And that's an important distinction and decision to make what you just said. Metaphor, but also real sometimes, for sure. Yeah, and and I often find that having a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, even going down to plan Z is important. Because if you don't have all these plans, it could ultimately be your, your loss. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. In fact, you have to be open. Most of the problems in life are open problems, which means there's no defined. It's not, it's not, you know, multiple choice, A, B, C, D, or E, other. It's always other. And uh, you've got to figure it out and create it. Uh, or you're not, you're not really creating a lot of value for the people around you and the customers you're, that are paying you to serve them. So, Problem solving is messy and open, and you have to have a pretty radical system that does it quick. You don't want it. You want it to last. You want it to. You want to be able to attack a problem and solve it in a morning, if at all possible, or at least have the solution in a morning and attack it over the time it takes. And success always begins at the edge of your comfort zone. It yes. never is in your comfort zone. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, I think to speak to that, you know, there are so many people in the workforce, both the doers and the leaders, which, uh, you know, we're all both really, as you pointed out in the beginning, um, they start not even knowing the direction and their compass is just spinning around. And so the first problem is, what should we even do? I mean, there's it's an astounding number of people that, that don't know that we should be very clear about who we're trying to serve, for example, Try to serve everyone. And uh, there's, uh, I, I've been pushed a couple of times to investigate a, a broader version of purpose. Uh, there's some popular books out there right now that talk about depth and things like that. And they try to solve world peace with their little company or big company. And not even a big company can solve world peace or change the planet by themselves. So, you know, our economy that we set up a long time ago and in the in the successful areas of the world require a little specialization. And so we have to be 
doing our part, which means our purpose has to be a little more specific. And if you don't know it, then problem solving is often the best thing to solve. Like, what are we trying to do and who are we trying to do it for, really? And there's there's depth to that. There's three levels of depth to what your purpose is. So that's a problem solving. So problem solving is an essential toolbox to carry with you on the journey with your team, for sure. Yeah, I, I love the old Domino's pizza when it came through. <laughs> it's number one thing it was going to solve was to get you the pizza there in 30 minutes or less. It wasn't saying anything about good pizza. It wasn't <laughs> saying anything about tomatoes raised on the uh, the side of the mountain in the moonlight. It wasn't saying about great pepperoni. It was just getting the pizza there to you in 30 minutes or less. Now, that propelled them to one of the biggest pizza outlets in the world. Yeah. Well, they had something else. I mean, I love that example because it speaks to purpose in this path to get somewhere. And, you know, I've interviewed a lot of leaders at Domino's and it's a prime example about the, the levels of depth of a purpose. So, yes, we think that they make mediocre pizza and deliver it fast. And that's what we hear. But you talk to them. They don't really think that and because they of course, they think they need to do it. They don't think it's their core purpose. They think their core purpose is to gather friends and loved ones. And if you are getting invited over by a friend to watch a game or something like that, and you you show up and they have Little Caesars there, nothing against Little Caesars. They're very smart too, but they, they're targeting my kids and the teenagers and someone who wants to drive and get it fast in five minutes and be done with whatever nutrition you can pull off. And Domino's is trying to get you to gather and in the home. And if I show up and Little Caesars is at my buddy's house, my friend's house, I think, what is the problem? Like we're 55 years old. Can we, was I supposed to bring my children? And likewise, if I see Ruth's Chris spread across the counter, I think, what are you trying to prove? What What is going on here? Why do you have Ruth's Chris to watch a 30-second match? So it's it's really clear for them that they created some food, a variety, where it can be on the counter and your family and friends can eat it together. And they're not targeting the teens. They're targeting the most of the population, which is us. So it's it's a fascinating case of purpose. And um it's it's really carried them. You know, they I don't know if you've ever looked at their financial, but pandemic was brutal for everyone. But guess what happened to them? Because they already had that capability of going to the home and gathering people that you're only your close ones, because that was the rule. They cleaned up. They they amassed a fortune. And, you know, it's funny. With that fortune, could they go create Roos Chris? Obviously. They could hire the best chefs in the world. They can mimic recipes. They, they have the resources that tomorrow afternoon they could create a steak like Roos Chris. There's just no question that Domino's could do that. They don't do it because they're clear about what they're trying to accomplish. It's at a second deeper level. Anyway, so great example. Sorry to go on, but that's I love that example. I love that example, too. And it just shows how clearness in a business makes a business very special. 
I, I, I know of another pizza outlet that cleared up. And what they did was they were mainly an in-house place beforehand. But what they did was talk to their servers and their servers knew all their customers. Yeah. So all of a sudden, they've turned their servers into delivery car drivers. And <laughs> they would show up at the house of the people, put down a red tablecloth, et cetera, and let them have the same customer experience they had in the restaurant. Oh, Can you true. picture how that would transform an, an incident where, you know, this pandemic was going on? but you're getting the same experience you were having in this genuine little restaurant that you couldn't get anywhere else. Yeah. That's, that's creativity. You know, it, creativity and persistence is, is one of the thir- things that I've learned from some of the iconic leaders that, that I've interviewed and uh, investigated and uh, persistence and creativity solves a lot of problems. And that's a great example of that. Yeah, but what it takes is being genuine. What it takes is understanding the problem. What it takes is moving from the problem to a solution. You yeah. know, the pandemic was 70% of businesses did poorly during the pandemic. 30% did exceptional. Yeah. Okay? Now, the ones like, Hotels, for example, no matter what they did, they couldn't do exceptional because no one was traveling. <laughs> yeah. Airplanes yeah. couldn't do well during it because no one was traveling. Right. But now that the shoe's on the other foot, they're all doing exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a fascinating time those years. Fascinating time for you know a million reasons. But business. Those, like you said, the business cases of creativity versus non-creativity, investing in the future versus being scared of what is at hand. And, you know, some 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 industries obviously were set up to succeed in such a scenario and some were set up to fail. But the ones in the middle, like you say, are really fascinating and they're the ones that can be, can be uh, really difference makers for sure. So, yeah, problem solving and creativity, there's. One of the other things that you're pulling out is uh, the gen- you talked about being genuine and and about the people and uh, the service and treating people individually. You know, I, I recently interviewed one of the the presidents of Stryker, big big me- medical device company, and he he runs uh, the cardiovascular. Uh, he's about ready to retire, and he um, he said a sentence that really caught me. You know, I I do leadership. What happens though, because of the problem solving, there's two methods within my problem solving, especially one called bold outreach that actually we discovered works better than prospecting for salespeople. So once I do leadership, they pull me into the sales team and I, I talk to them about referrals. And so I've had a very relationship uh, set of investigations in the past few years. And, and they, the, the topic has become very meaningful to me. And so this, when the CEO of Stryker said this sentence, it just really caught me. He said, when I meet another human being, when I have, not when I pass by them and it's inappropriate to meet them, but when I have an occasion to actually take a moment to meet another human being, I get in my mind and really believe that we should be friends for life. Now that sounds like a 
a, a, a high level, nice cliche, but it's, it's really what he does. I've gotten to know him and it's really what he does. And what a remarkable idea. It's not new, but the way he says it and in the today's context, think about that. What if we all, when we had on occasion, a chance to meet someone like you and I are doing today, I intend that Dr. Allen's going to be my friend for life. And I'm willing to do things for you. That's how I feel now after the past few years of discovering how to treat individuals and develop business, not just for the money, but to help human beings with one of their primary needs that they have to fulfill. So I, I really liked that idea. Like when you meet someone, you intend to be their friend for life. That would solve a lot of the world's problems. Mark, we're almost at the end of our time together. How can wow, are you sure it's not just five minutes? No, wow. what's happened with you and so many other my other guests, you went through a position of flow. Your brain just turned into that wonderful spot that time vanished. And and I love it when that happens because that shows me this show is another one of those golden ones because it's, it, it, it's magic when that happens. Yeah, such a great show, such a great concept. So tell me, uh, how can people get in touch with you? Well, my my firm is called Windfall Partners. We try to create windfalls. And my name, my full name, as you said, Mark Spencer Cook. So you can go to windfallpartners.com or you can go to markspencercook.com. I have both because I speak and they want to know who Mark Spencer Cook is a lot of the time. Uh, you can call 801-652-3393 if you need some help. Uh, and if you want to email me, you can email mark at windfallpartners.com. And then my handles on all social media, I'm, I'm careful about my social media, but even on LinkedIn, it's, it's my full name, Mark Spencer Cook. All the handles are Mark Spencer Cook. Beautiful, Mark. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for being part of this show. Thanks for having me. Great concept. Love your show. Excellent. Take care. And ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check out my website, Dr. Alan Leica. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A dot com. And be sure to check out me as a speaker and as a coach. Now, as a speaker, I can make your platform shine, sparkle if you like. Picture how good I'm on that if you thought I was good on this. Love to talk to you soon. Have a fantastic day. We hope you enjoyed Driving Biz, where you get the advice of the leading experts of the world. If you want more, you need to join the number one community for business owners, NoBull.Biz. And for a limited time, you can join at a discounted rate. To learn more, go to NoBull.Biz.